and welcome to the Fitness Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Coach Danny G, and welcome to episode 8, where we're going to be talking about getting back into training after some time off or after recovering from an injury. What are some of the ideas and principles behind what you should do uh, to prevent further injury or re-injuring yourself, um, and just to help maintain a, uh, a healthy return to, to activity and training. With a lot of gyms and, and recreation centers being opened up again to the public, a lot of people are going to be jumping back into their own training programs and more likely than not into their older training programs. And the likelihood that people are going to try and get after it really hard because they've been out of it for two months uh, is pretty high. Um, I've I've made that mistake uh, multiple times. Um, and uh, I just, this episode is a, a cautionary tale. I, I want to provide you some, some tools and things to think about before you, you jump back in uh, at full bore and potentially hurt yourself. So uh, before we dive into those things, uh, I want to cover two things. I want to share a little bit of the physiology behind it, but also uh, recently myself, I tweaked my back uh, doing something uh, very unawesome. Uh, I was helping my wife clean the bathroom and then we were going to hang up some picture frames and we were organizing them on the floor. And so I was bending over and moving them and a lot of repetition and bending over. And because I wasn't particularly excited about the task, I was just not paying attention to my moving mechanics. And so through the combination of scrubbing the tile in the bathroom, um, sort of reaching away from my body, which then puts the load on my my low back, and then bending over a ton, uh, my back tweaked. And so for the last week, uh, essentially, I've been uh, in a lot of pain and dealing with just low back pain and, and dealing with that. So this has nothing to do with training, but it's even worse knowing that, hey, you could be going back into a, a gym if you deem it wise, uh, and I'm leaving that to you. I'm not here to judge on that at all, but what a way to start getting back into the swing of things with a an injury or a, a tweak of some sort where you already feel like you're out of commission before you even get going. I've also had many other instances where I took two weeks off of, of training either because of exam week in university or uh, traveling or other things and I, I jumped right back into the gym. I didn't spend enough time doing the things that I should have in order to do it safely and I caused myself an injury. So once again, I'm just trying to uh, help you and encourage you to uh, take things a little bit slower as you jump back into your your typical fitness routine. Um, but also, we're going to dive in a little bit more on the, some of the science behind it as well. So when you've been training for a long period of time consistently, your body adapts. We know this. But what happens first, typically, is that your nervous system has to adapt. And it adapts first and it adapts very quickly within the span of a week and a half to two weeks typically. And what I mean by that is that your nervous system has to learn how the movement goes 
first of all. So there's a coordination component to this before your muscles really adapt. So for muscle adaptation to happen, it takes roughly three to eight weeks, depending on the, the individual. The nervous system, it happens significantly faster at two weeks and sometimes even before. Um, but the nervous system has to adapt in order for movement and coordination to be smooth and learned. And you sort of groove that pattern as you as you repeat it. Same with muscles. It takes a little bit longer, but it's the same process. As you repeat and do repetitions of that specific movement, you're going to improve it. And then as you continuously add a little bit more load over the period of weeks, you get stronger, your muscles get bigger. No big surprise there. On the flip side, however, after you've taken some time off, your your muscles definitely atrophy, meaning they they shrink up because you're body works on a use it or lose it system and so if you're not utilizing the muscle that you need in order to perform a, an exercise or perform a task it's not going to stick around because muscle is very expensive to run so muscle is one of the first things that's going to go nervous tissue um, doesn't get as much uh, priority either and so it also deteriorates because the those highways your your nervous your neurons basically those highways are no longer getting as much traffic so they go from a, a four lane to a two lane and then uh, eventually they sort of get back into allowing for higher traffic um, it's not the best analogy and the nervous tissue doesn't really change in size all that much but um, you kind of get what I'm saying so nervous tissue is the first to really adapt quickly and it is one of the first things to go quickly. And so when you have had a period of uh, two months or you've taken some time off of, of training or even doing something that you used to do, even though you have the, the skill and you know how to do it, your body isn't necessarily prepped. And, and we can do this or you can notice this even if you once learned how to ride a bike and then you have not ridden a bike in a decade you still know how to ride a bike but it isn't as comfortable it isn't as smooth it isn't as coordinated as you may feel a lot of people get this when they used to ice skate all the time haven't been on the ice for forever and then they try and do it again the stability the coordination just the comfort level of being on the ice isn't really there until half hour an hour goes by and the body sort of you 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 remember and then you you're able to to get back out there so what do we do about this how do we combat this so first of all there's some things that i want you to consider so what we're going to be changing the main variable that we are changing in your training is intensity what are some of the variables of intensity i'm going to run through them and then explain them sort of as, as we go. So variable number one is duration or time, just the amount of time spent training or doing a specific activity. Rate of perceived exertion or RPE for short, that is sort of your percentage of how hard you want to try and train. So this is oftentimes used in uh, sprint training or just general uh, lifting, like how hard was it? Were you going at 90% were you training at 80% or 70% um, so you can use that as a as a measure it's very subjective but it, it provides you a measure that you can then sort of measure progress over a period of time 
Another variable is volume. And you can do this in a few different ways. The, in a resistance training or a strength training uh, context, that's usually sets and reps. So you just take your number of sets, your number of reps, and you multiply that by your weight. Just use easy numbers. If you're doing three sets of 10 reps with 100 pounds, that's a total volume of 3,000. Um, and that's just the weight you lifted, basically. So that's one way that you can moderate intensity. And um, there's lots of variables within that itself. But just so you're aware, another intensity variable is frequency of training. So training twice a week versus four or five times a week. Um, obviously, added load and stimulus plays into it. But the last one, the last variable of intensity is the complexity of a movement. And what I'm talking about here is the difference between doing a heavy back squat with a barbell to doing a split squat at body weight or a goblet squat, for example. Um, there's different variables or different variations of exercises that are going to elicit more demands on the body versus others. So those are the variables that you can play with when you're trying to transition back into a regular training schedule. And you can manipulate them in a way, and I've used the example in the past of using a soundboard where you've got however many dials and you're dialing them up to 10 or 0, 0 to 10. These are the things that you want to control. You're trying to, to manage where these are going to go. And so obviously we don't want them to be jacked up at 10 because that's potential for injury. Um, or just a lot of soreness. So what we want to do is is sort of downplay a lot of these compared to what you were doing in the past. Because let's be honest, like what you're doing in the past is awesome, but it's it's you were trained for that. You had been working up to that point. And so now with time off and you haven't been doing that, then you have to make some compensation or else you're going to risk a ton of soreness, pain, injury, so on and so forth. So now I want to run through the five different tips for transitioning back into training. And uh, we're going to run through the list and I'm going to flush them out as we go. So so tip number one is to take a week or two to go back and, and really dive in on some of the more basic movements. You may consider them a little bit easier and that's perfect. I want that to be the case because I don't want you to go back and be doing something really, really complex like a burpee or uh, a hang clean or any anything like that. Use this time to really go back into split squats, lunges, going into goblet squats, um, really practicing your hinging patterns and, and just getting back into the rhythm of things because right now you're not going to be busting out PRs or personal records or personal bests of any sort. So you, you're trying to build the foundation for getting back into the swing of things. So take your time. You don't need to be pushing super hard right now. Um, and basically, the easy way to choose this is for, for some of the, the movement patterns. The basic or the fundamental movement patterns in my eyes are push, pull, hinge, squat, and carry. If you can do those five things in a session, you're good. You want to choose a an easier variation to that or to each each one. So instead of doing a heavy barbell squat, 
you're doing a goblet squat or you're doing a split squat. Instead of doing a really heavy deadlift, you're doing hip bridges or um, some other hinging type pattern. Instead of doing a really heavy military press, you're going single arm half kneel. Like it's, it's, you're trying to choose a, an easier, a less complex variation for each movement pattern. And with that as well, you want to lighten up the load to something that is controllable, easy to do, and doesn't require a ton of strain and stress on the body. Tip number two, take more time to do your movement prep or your warm-up stuff. Uh, this will oftentimes look like mobility work or even sometimes stretches. With less activity, typically the body wants to tighten up. Um, and on top of that, the stability, the ability to control your movement patterns goes down because you just haven't been using those patterns and you haven't been utilizing your body in the way that you used to. So taking a little bit more time to warm up uh, is going to be very beneficial just to get your body primed and ready to move and have a higher priority on the movement versus the exercise. So if you're doing something like a bench press, focus on the movement patterning of it. So you want to bring the elbow in, tuck the shoulder down, press through the chest, not the shoulder, things like that. So if the load is compromising any of those points of the pattern, you want to focus on the pattern. So you lighten up the load and you want to feel the movement go through. I guarantee you'll feel so much better after a week and a half, two weeks of doing this, because then you'll be much more ready to get back into heavier lifting or what you used to be lifting. Number three is you will need to drink more water because you're now utilizing or going through more movement. So more movement typically means you need more hydration to, to make sure everything's flowing nice and easy. Uh, and just so you don't dehydrate, obviously, but drinking lots of water will just also help with the recovery process as well. So it's less likely that you'll be super sore afterwards as well. And it just helps flush everything uh, as you're going through movement. Number four combines the uh, two, two variables where you decrease the duration or time of training, but you increase the number of times, you increase the frequency, so the number of times of training. So instead of doing three, three days where you're doing an hour-long session, do five days where you're doing a half-hour session. And so that will also help just allow you to focus more time on the mobility and on the warm-up stuff you're doing 20 to 30 minutes of actual resistance training. And then if you're doing anything extra on top of that, going for a walk or other things, any sort of cardio you want to fit in there, you can. And that way you're just, you're getting to a lot of the meat and potatoes of your training, but you're not uh, sacrificing a ton of, of uh, quality either. Building off of that, one of my favorite training programs uh, is a, is a, program by Dan John and Pavel Tsatsoulin that uh, it was called their easy strength method or program where it was basically two sets of five reps um, and you were doing training four or five days a week. So it was as I kind of explained already, you were going in warming up um, and the way that they do warm up was a little bit different. They would do one extra set of, of the, the movements that they, that they were doing, but they would just do it at a lighter load. And then they would do two working sets of their heavier weights. And 
it wasn't really meant to be like a typical strength training session. Like, yes, it was relatively heavy, but it felt like they could go into the eight rep range, but they were only lifting it for five. So over the period of the week, you were actually lifting a similar amount as if you were trying to, to do more, but uh, it just was very time efficient, quick, effective. It didn't have a huge uh, load onto your nervous system, so it didn't feel like you were destroyed after a training session, which is great because it enhances your life. It doesn't take away from your life. It was a good alternative to doing sort of two or three like really hard training sessions a week. And so it was uh, just sort of the easy intro into strength training. But also I had phenomenal success with this in university when I was doing it just to make my workouts a little punchier. And then I would spend a little bit more time doing cardio afterwards. But yeah, it was just easy. It felt good. And I didn't feel like I was destroyed afterwards. So something to consider. And number five, which is sort of the overarching theme of this episode is start slow and take your time because you don't want (laughs) to hurt yourself or re-injure yourself uh, or have to take more time off but be in pain um, while you're taking that time off. So it's just slow is better. Build on the consistency, sort of get back into the, the behavior of getting back into a gym or doing your movement training or exercise. Right now, just take two weeks where you're practicing getting back into the swing of things because if you try and go back full bore and you fail that sucks because it feels like you're a failure but at the same point um, you just want to build on that consistency that's the key thing that you want to look for so just a few other considerations for the intensity variables something that didn't really go into as much detail for something like rpe or volume so let's start with the volume. So in the example of doing three sets of 10 with 100 pounds, it's a 3000 volume number. Now, if you were to basically on different days of the week or different training days, you're moderating your volume. So you're going to be trying to do a lower volume um, and just getting back into the swing of things. But then when you're sort of back into the swing of things, you can moderate your total volume days so you can play around with that and that's more of an advanced technique but for right now you're dry instead of doing say three sets of 10 with 100 pounds you're doing three sets of eight with 100 pounds or three sets of 10 but with 60 pounds or something like that you're trying to play with those variables within the volume set this was sort of a byproduct of training this isn't something that i personally do a ton of work with because I don't need to get that advanced with myself or many of my clients, but it is something that you can utilize if you are an advanced lifter or you've been doing this for a long time and just are looking for something to to play around with, and that's fine. For RPE, in that example of doing three sets of 10, you can dial that back down to three sets of eight, or instead of trying to push for 80% of intensity where you feel like you're pushing 80% of your max or whatever you feel your max is push for something lower push around 60 percent or 70 percent is really like a happy middle ground for a lot of people it's manageable it doesn't cause a ton of soreness or um, strain or anything like that and still allows you to get a lot of work done in that period of time and then again you can compensate either doing more frequency during the week or allowing a little bit more rest in between 
your your sets as well. That's another variable for intensity. So that's yeah, that's the bonus one. Is actually I totally forgot about this one. So this is a little little extra icing on top. So allowing more rest in between your exercises or your sets of exercises will also just allow you to recover a little bit more. So if you previously were able to to do go from exercise to exercise with a 30 to 60 second rest, give yourself 90 to 120 seconds. So you get a minute and a half to two minutes of extra activity or extra rest, sorry, between your sets. So you just allow yourself to recover a little bit longer so that your sessions don't crush you as much because that sucks, <laughs> especially when you've been off for a long period of time and then you go back to the gym for the first time and then it feels like you got hit by a truck the next day. Some people like it, but I am not a big fan of that one at all. Those are the five-ish tips of getting back into training after some time off. Before we wrap up, I am very curious, for those of you that are listening, are you going to go back to a gym facility or are you going to continue working out from home or find another solution? I'm very, very curious to find out what uh, what you guys are planning on doing. So. Hit me up on Instagram at Coach Danny G. You'll find me there. Uh, and let me know, are you going to be going back to a gym to get your train on or are you going to be working out from home still? I'm very curious to know. But uh, thank you for checking out the episode, listening. Uh, please consider subscribing. And uh, I will catch you guys next week with a conversation that I have with uh, a good friend of mine. And um, we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. It's going to be a good one. And... Uh, Again, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week with the next episode.